The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Genesis chapter number three. Now this is a familiar story to you, but look at verse number one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know. In the day ye eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. We'll stop right there for just a moment. The Bible is loaded with all kinds of questions, all kinds of things that, that are directed at us. Matter of fact, Jesus asked a lot of questions. Do you know that just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus asked over 150 questions. That's a lot of questions to ask. I'm convinced if you have children one day, or some of you maybe already have children, some of our married students here, if you have a three-year-old, you're getting there. Man, they'll ask you 150 questions in a week. Carissa was that way. Daddy, why? I don't know why. Go ask your mother. She knows. Why, 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 why? Question askers. How many of you here, you're question askers. You ask questions. All right. How many of you have all the answers? All right, not very many on that one. People ask questions, we do that. It's interesting when you watch how God has questions scattered all through the word that God himself does or the Lord Jesus Christ or even then others may ask and they're always directing us to something. And we learn something from those. Jesus would ask questions and you know what it would do? It would probe the mind of people. It would probe their thoughts. It would almost as if kind of make you look at yourself just by him asking a question because Jesus had the ability to ask a question and then when he asked it, you would have to look at yourself and say, man, he knows all about me. The woman at the well was an illustration of that. But today what I want to do is I'm going to direct you to the very first question asked in the Bible. Question number one. It did not come from God. It's interesting. It came from Satan. Notice the first verse once again. Now the serpent more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, here comes the question. Yea, hath God said You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question. Life began in the garden. Man, the garden must have been great. Could you imagine what it must have been like? Perfect climate. Great food. Everything was just laid out as it should be. Adam got to name the animals. That would have been fun. 
So it should have been the incredible atmosphere that all of us think about it when we think about that time in the garden. No pain, no worries, no heartache that way. Very simple. You just do what God said to do and enjoy the garden. Be fruitful, multiply. Enjoy every portion of it. But then something happened. You see, man had all these things that he had in the garden, but he only had one exemption. That's it, all right? Look at chapter number two, look at verse 17. You know what it is. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not have eat. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So God says, here's all I want you to do. I want you to do exactly what I've asked you to do here in the garden. The only exception is this, that tree right there. There's the name of it. Stay away from it. Don't eat of it. That is your exemption. Chapter number three, Satan slithers in. You just read it. He slithers in there and, and we have recorded out for us the very first question asked in scripture, question number one. The question he asked is cleverly designed. Never think for a moment that Satan doesn't know what he's doing that way. It's laid out exactly as he wanted it to be laid out. Cleverly, once again, designed. Satan comes in and what does he want to do? Just get Eve to just for a moment doubt God. Just for a moment to doubt the word of God. Just for, just for a minute. Just, I mean, it doesn't have to be long term. It's, it's very quick. Uh, just, you know, just do this. Just doubt God. Doubt what he's saying. And not only to do it that way, but simply just to, if he might, place just the seed of doubt. Just a piece. Not a long discussion, just a piece, just a seed, just a little bit of doubt. Let it go into the soil of your mind and let it go to where you're at and just think about this for just a moment. Because you think about it, it's so clever. Hath God said? Hath God said? Do you really think that God meant that? It's interesting here, when you think about it, we come to Genesis 1, creation, Genesis 2 deals more about creation with us. We come to Genesis chapter number 3, and Satan is given to us. He is uh, shown there in Genesis chapter number 3, and from Genesis 3, until just by the way, three chapters into scripture, from there until three chapters before the end of the word of God in Revelation when he is finally put away. And let me say this right now. I can't wait till he's put away. I can't wait till he's gone. I'm tired of fighting him every day also. I don't care where I go. If I go to Florida, I fight him. If I go to Baltimore, I fight him. We actually live in Pennsylvania. I have to fight him there everywhere we go. I can't wait till he's put away. I don't know about you. Don't you get tired of being tempted? Hello? Of course we do. So here's what's interesting. Three chapters in, Satan appears. Three chapters before the end of the word of God, Satan is finally put away. You know what? Tell you what happens though. 
between uh, that chapter of Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter number 20, you know what he does? He unleashes everything he possibly can on you and on me. He unleashes upon you and me every temptation he can. He has for generation and generation and over and over again, get you and get me to doubt God to doubt God's word and inflict all the harm he possibly can through that. He did it to your parents. He did it to your grandparents. He'll do it to every generation. It's his oldest trick. And here's what's so bad. It still works. Hath God said. So we're right in the middle of it. We're right at the time where he's doing exactly that to us in between those two events. There's a statement I want to give you right now. If you don't get anything else, I hope you'll get this. I hope you'll remember it. I hope it sticks in your mind forever and ever. It is three, these three words. Please listen to them. Doubt is deadly. Doubt is deadly. You say, well, Pastor Campbell, will I remember that? I'm going to help you. We're going to say it all together. All right. Everybody's going to say it, whether you're in the balcony. I'm listening for you. Down the floor, wherever you're at, let's all say it together. Here we go. Doubt is deadly. One more time. Doubt is deadly. And it is. It is so true. I've seen it happen. You've seen it happen. We all have to battle it. Doubt is deadly. Did you notice this? Satan didn't force them to eat. Never forced them. Satan never takes it and says, now, Eve, eat this. They didn't do that. Hath God said? Doubt. No, force that way. You know what Satan does? He does this. He tosses the seed of doubt at us. He gives that to us. And you know what? We do the rest. He just throws it out. We take it. We put it in our lives. We let it grow. And all of a sudden, we're eating from it. All he does is toss it our way. And he said, well, Pastor Campbell... Why is that so critical to us today? Because let me tell you what, on the day we're at today, at this time of the morning, 1025, you and I are battling doubt. Every one of us. Every time the temptation comes, we battle doubt. So in the time we have left, I want to show you just a few things that I hope will be helpful to you. When Satan said to Eve, hath God said, he was saying, how do you really know it's the word of God? I mean, how do you really know what he said is really the way it is? How do you know, for instance, watch, did God really mean it? Now, all of us right here would say, man, we're at a Christian college. I know the answers to that. Yes, God meant it. Then why do we fall? I think he meant it to us also. 
See, when the seed of doubt comes, here's what it will do. Watch this. First of all, you begin to question the authorship of the word of God. Did God really say that? I mean, is that, are those really his words? Then on top of that, you'll start doubting not only the authorship of the word of God, you'll start doubt, doubting the authority of the word of God. Is it really significant? Does it really have consequences with it? Does it really have blessings with it? Whatever that we're looking at. And then here, here's, here's the final straw then. Then you start doubting the acceptability of the word of God. Oh, you know, almost as if you say, well, I, I know God said that, but I think he meant that for somebody else. We just, we just um, repar- repaved the parking lot at our school and our church and did it this summer. And it's funny because parents will come in and we'll have the arrows down and where they're supposed to go and all those things and all the cones that are out. And then, you know, I can tell you what always happens then, first week of school, then you always have some that go the opposite way. You know, they go, the arrow's pointing this way, they go this way. Cones are lined up this way, I think they think they can drive between them. And you know what they're thinking is, I don't think this was meant for me. And I'll tell them this, first day of school, we probably were thinking of you when we put that there. You were probably the ones that we were thinking about that would do this. You see, we come to, we're God, the same thing. You know, I, I know God said that, but he really meant that for the faculty. Or he really meant that for my roommates. If you know my roommates, Pastor Campbell, you would understand. Or God meant it for this person or that person. No, listen, he meant it for you. Right. Acceptability. So I'm gonna give you just these three things that I want you to grab from this passage. Number one, Satan's deceit brings a selfish desire. Satan's deceit brings a selfish desire. All right, look back at the passage. Satan's plan was very simple. Very, very simple. Watch it, all right? Verse number one, he says to the woman, yea, hath God said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? He goes, now, hath God said that? And you know what she says in verse number two, you see it. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse three, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst, God said you shall not eat, and he shall you touch it, lest you die. And what does the serpent say? Look, look, you're not gonna die. You say, did he say that? Look at verse four, you shall not surely die. God did this because he knew if you ate it, you'd be like him. You're not gonna die. Isn't that always the first step of all temptation? Listen, It's okay. You can do it this time. You just don't understand. You know, you don't grasp everything. Just trust me on this one, the devil says. The worst things we could ever do. What is interesting to me, did you catch this? We've just read five verses. It's a short dialogue. It only takes a couple minutes. That's all that it takes. Just a minute or two when you read it. And then he's gone. That's all he did. That's all Satan did there. And you know what? That's all he had to do. Here it is. Hath God said, really said that? He didn't really mean it. It's not really gonna happen. And away he goes. It's the same thing he did to you this week. Well, Pastor Campbell, don't get so personal with it. Bible's personal. 
He comes up to you and he says, look, I know that's what it says, but look, it's really not what you think. And he draws it out to us and away we go. Heard this illustration, I think it's so true. Our minds are kind of like a hotel. A hotel manager may not be able to keep people out of the lobby, but he should be able to keep them out of the rooms if they're not a guest. My point is this, things come across our mind and enter through there. The problem is when those things come through that the devil sends us and then we give it a room. We give it a place. We give it somewhere where it can be for a while. If we just could kick it out of the lobby, we'll do so much better. But here's what happens. We get a, this deceit and it just brings a selfish desire in our lives. Number two. Selfish desires brings a sinful decision. Selfish desires brings a sinful decision. All right, watch. Here's how it happens. Once doubt gets its way in the door, three things then begin to happen very quietly, but very quickly. Watch it. It's right here in Scripture. Look at verse number 6. Stay with me. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Three things happened very quickly, all right? Stay with the story. We're familiar with the story, but sometimes we forget. And these narrative accounts, the great things that God is teaching us, Satan drops this on her, drops a little seed of doubt, just puts it in there, and slithers away. She's left there, and three things happen quickly. You mark them all in verse number six. Number one, the woman saw the tree was good for food. She looked at it and said, hmm, it does look good. Number two, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And not only that, what does she do? The third thing, she gives it to Adam. She looked at it, says, that looks good. She took a bite of it and put it in her mouth. And then she goes to Adam and said, hey, this isn't too bad. Take a bite. See what you think. And he took a bite. You see, the seed of doubt does this. It takes root in our lives very quickly. We take care of it so quickly. All, watch, all just a seed. It's all that it takes. You come in today and you say, but you don't understand, Pastor Campbell. I'm strong. I'm even strong spiritually. I I can handle this. Hey, Eve was in the perfect garden. But the desire came in. And whenever the selfish desire comes in, If we're not dealing with it in a biblical way, it brings a sinful decision. And then, did you notice what happens? There just becomes a quick downward digression. Watch it. Stay with me. Look at verse number six. I'm going to point it out to you. Mark in your Bibles. First of all, she saw. Then she coveted it. It was to be desired to make one wise. Then, verse six, she took it. And then, did you notice verse number eight? I want time to show you everything. They hid. That 
is the path it always takes. You see it, you want it, you take it, and then right away you know, hey, 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 this isn't right. And they hid. That follows all through scripture. David did the same thing with Bathsheba. Saul wanted, took, and hid. Try to hide the evidence. Yeah. You say, I'm strong. He was a man after God's own heart. The pattern plays out in 2022 the same way. And it just comes from a seed of doubt. That's all that it comes from. Just a seed. Number three, a sinful decision always brings a sure defeat. A sinful decision always brings a sure defeat. Go back to the passage. Look at verse number seven. Seven, look at it. And the eyes of them both were opened. They knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Adam and Eve both now know we are not right with God. Here's what always happens. Please, please get this. Please listen to me. Before they ate of the tree, who was their attention on and their devotion to? It was to God. It's exactly what it was. God walked with them. God talked with them. God led them. So before the bite, everything they did was for God. He was the center of their attention. He was the center of their devotion. And let me say this. Did you notice this? They didn't even realize it until they took the bite and then it was shattered. And the moment that it was shattered is the same thing that happens in our lives. Sin makes now the new focus me, self. Sin always makes its focus that way. Once you move out of the will of God, once you violate the word of God, all of a sudden things have changed and now all of a sudden, the, the, the attitude and the attention, the devotion is not on God. It's on self. What did they do as soon as they ate of it? They solved their condition and all of a sudden everything now focuses on them. Sin always does that. Just a fair warning. No one would walk out of here and say, nobody ever told me. We heard it. It's given right out to us here. And you know what they do then? Then when God calls all the parties in, a little later in the chapter, they play the same game we play. Well, Adam says, the woman you gave me. Which is very tragic when he says it, because a lot of times we blame that on Eve. You know who he's really blaming there. He's blaming God. You gave me the woman. And she did this. And she goes, oh, no, no, hey, 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 it wasn't me. It was the serpent. Just mark it down. It's in verse 12 and verse 14. Blame everybody else. Pass the buck. Whatever it takes. You know how refreshing it must be for God to have some of his children come before him and just say this, God, 
I was wrong, I sinned. Will you forgive me? How refreshing that must be for God to be able to hear that from his children. You know, when I, when I read chapter number three, you know what I think? Humans haven't changed at all, have they? Not one bit. When the more I see about humanity, the more I know, without a doubt, and I know the scripture always tell us, but man is definitely not evolving. He is, you know, devolving. Same plan is out there. It hasn't changed. It's always before us. It's the same since the garden. Just throw a seed of doubt in there. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Please listen to me. You never win in sin. Never, never, never. All I can get away with it. No, you can't. You'll never win. Look at one more verse. I'll show you. Look at verse 21. I have to show you this because it's so interesting. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Isn't it just like God and his grace to always intervene though? You have to give always God the glory. What's tragic here though is an innocent animal had to die to clothe them. And that is a huge picture that begins in verse number 15 of the same chapter of God saying there's one coming that will bear your sins. Boy, Jesus loves us. Boy, God gives grace. But God gave us the tools we need to be able to do what God called us to do. Now, as I finish out, you know what's interesting? This whole scene, watch everybody, look up here. This whole scene began with one question. One question. Hath God said. That's all. Quick conversation. Five verses. Gone. That's all it took. Satan's plan was this. It's his plan today. On this Thursday, the same as always. It is designed this. Doubt God's word. Doubt what he says. And here's what's so tragic. It's tragic that it works. It works. Wouldn't it be great if we just had a whole crown center full of students and faculty today that would come out and say, no more will it work. I will not doubt what he said. I will follow what he says. I will do what he says because I will not let doubt come in my mind. If he said it in his word, is true. If he has listed it out, I will follow it. I'm not going to think I'm different than everybody else, but rather I'm going to gird on the armor that God has given. I'm going to let myself controlled by the Holy Spirit and I will believe his word and follow his word and I will not doubt it anymore. Amen. What to God we would do that. Isn't it interesting, by the way, if you need New Testament, because some of you need New Testament, good for you. Jesus in Matthew chapter 14, says these words, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Why'd you doubt? Well, I know better. No, you don't. So I go back and 
The word of God says, Genesis 3, Satan says, hath God said? And I answer back, yes. Yes. He has said. You look at this book. Say, hath God said? Yes. Do not doubt it. What he says he means. Do not doubt it. You know why? Because doubt is deadly. Say it with me one more time. Here we go. Doubt is deadly. One more time. Say it like you believe it. Doubt is deadly. It will always do you in. Don't let it. What he says is true. And when he says it, he means it. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.